ಧನಧಾನ್ಯಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ಆದಿಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ಧನಧಾನ್ಯಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ಸೌಭಾಗ್ಯಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ಸಂತಾನಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ವೀರ್ಯಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ಧೈರ್ಯಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ಶ್ರೀವರಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ಪಾಹಿ ವೀರ್ಯಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ಧೈರ್ಯಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ಶ್ರೀವರಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ಪಾಹಿ ಚಂಚಲ ಸುಮಂಗಲ ವಸುಂಧರ ವಸುಪ್ರದ ಪತ್ನಿ ಸುನಂದಿನಿ ನಿರಂಜನಿ ಭಾರ್ಗವಿ ಚಂಚಲ ಸುಮಂಗಲ ವಸುಂಧರ ವಸುಪ್ರದ ಪತ್ನಿ ಸುನಂದಿನಿ ನಿರಂಜನಿ ಭಾರ್ಗವಿ ಅಮಲೆ ಕಮಲೆ ವಿಮಲೆ ಹರಿವಲ್ಲಭೇ ಶುಭೆ ಅಮಲೆ ಕಮಲೆ ವಿಮಲೆ ಹರಿವಲ್ಲಭೇ ಶುಭೆ ಮಂದಹಾಸ ಚಂದ್ರವದನ ಶೀತಲ ನಮಾಮ್ಯಹಂ ಮಂದಹಾಸ ಚಂದ್ರವದನ ಶೀತಲ ನಮಾಮ್ಯಹಂ ಮಹಾಲಕ್ಷ್ಮೀ ಜಗನ್ಮಾತ ಮಧುಸೂದನ ಪ್ರಿಯ ಮನಮೋಹಿನಿ ಮಧುಸೂದನ ಪ್ರಿಯ ಮನಮೋಹಿನಿ ಮಧುಸೂದನ ಪ್ರಿಯ ಮನಮೋಹಿನಿ ಅಧರಂ ಮಧುರಂ ವದನಂ ಮಧುರಂ ನಯನಂ ಮಧುರಂ ಹಸಿತ ಮಧುರಂ ಹೃದಯ ಮಧುರಂ ಗಮನ ಮಧುರಂ ಮಧುರಾಧಿಪತೆಖಿಲ ಮಧುರಂ ವಚನ ಮಧುರಂ ಚರಿತ ಮಧುರಂ ವತನ ಮಧುರಂ ವಲಿತ ಮಧುರಂ ಚಲಿತ ಮಧುರಂ ಭ್ರಮಿತ ಮಧುರಂ ಮಧುರಾಧಿಪತೆಖಿಲ ಮಧುರಂ ವೇಣುರ್ಮಧುರ
number 17 if you have this book page number 17 repeat after me no deti nasta metyesha nasta metyesha नवृद्धि याति न क्षय स्वयं विभाथ्यथान्यानि भाषे साधन विना न उदेति न अस्तम एति न वृद्धि याति न क्षय स्वयं विभाति दिस इज हाउ यू ब्रेक इट हियर स्वयं विभाति अथ अन्यानी भाषयेत स्वयं विभाति अथ अन्यानी भाषयेत साधनम विना वी कीप रेफरिंग टू वर्ड्स इन वेदांत इन वेदांत विचार लाइक कॉन्शियसनेस अवेयरनेस What does it mean when we use these words? Why do we use these words? So this particular shloka, it defines the nature of one's own true nature, uh, one's own true self, in a very unique way. 
this and here nowhere it is mentioned what this is so i'm using the word so that i can communicate better not that the shloka has mentioned anywhere what this is defined as so this consciousness na udeti does not rise meaning does not have a birth is unborn na astam eti esha it does not set there is no like sunsets astam means the set so na astam eti it does not set meaning it does not die meaning it is immortal by nature na vriddhim yati na kshayam yati it does not increase it does not reduce so if this was the only line given then it can be interpreted as many things if you take the oceans of the earth na udeti na astam yati it does not rise meaning prior to its rise it was non existent i am not talking of the rise and fall of the waves that it was non existent suddenly it rose and then it went away navriddhim yati tons and tons of gallons flow in it absorbs everything but does not change does not move nakshayam yati it does not decrease the total mass of waters in the oceans seems to remain constant if you get that example something similar that this consciousness neither rises nor sets neither expands nor decreases because it is immortal and it is immutable it cannot be shattered by anything it cannot be reduced to nothingness by anything but this much is not good enough a definition so here adi shankaracharya ji takes it to the next level he says swayam vibhati swayam vibhati it is self illumining it does not require any other source to illumine itself it's independent many of us or all of us we think we are independent but sadly we are only interdependent if we were thrown in an island which had no trees no plants only sand and you are stuck there
Can you live? You need a lot of things. If you are in an island wherein it has flora and fauna and then you have a, a source of water, you depend on it for your survival. You need something to depend on, to move on. And in net result, somebody else depends on us as well. So we are interdependent creatures as a human being. But this consciousness is independent, does not depend on anything for its illumination. So it does not believe in outsourcing, it is self-sourced. Atha anyani bhasayet. It illumines everything else. Sadhanam vina. Without a need of a mediation. Because its nature is to glow. If you ask someone to, today it was all cloudy. Right? If somebody asked, can you go check? Can you go check if the sun can be seen? <coughs> Do you need a flashlight to go out and then, you know, check? Is the sun out? They say the sun is covered by clouds. Really? The sun is not covered by clouds. What is covered by clouds? Our vision is covered by those clouds. Therefore, we are not able to see that sun. In fact, even the presence of those clouds, how are we recognizing? Isn't it in the illumination of that sun alone? That sun which seemingly is blocked it, uh, blocked by these clouds, those clouds are nothing but illumined, therefore I can see. The sun per se does not require any other illumining agency to recognize it. My mother, she used to give me these amazing instructions. At that time I used to laugh. Now I am tending to become like that. She used to say, not even specific between me and my brother, it would not be even a specific uh, instruction. Are, us room mein jaake wo leke ya. First, who is that? Are. I would think my brother wouldn't answer. He would think I would answer. And then she would get really upset. When I talk to you people, nobody answers. There is no karta karma kriya there. <laughs> or you translate karta karma kriya into English. Subject, object, predicate. There is nothing. And then what is the further instruction? 
उस रूम में से वो लेके आ Have you ever been instructed by your parents like that? Go get that thing from that room. What thing from what room? It's it's not very clear. Even if clarity given that this is the thing, you have to search for it. it does not ping its existence to you though these days there are some little uh, bluetooth devices that you can tag it to various things all that you have to do is on the app press where is it beeping remember one day i lost my cell phone for a while and we searched the entire space in that apartment We even ripped out all the. Everybody was trying to call. It is not self-expressing, self-illumined. You have to search for it. But the sun. You don't need to have any other parameters. It is swayam prakasha. It is self-illumined. all that you have to do is open your eyes and see similarly when talking about this consciousness swayam vibhati anyani atha bhasayet it illumines others everything else it does not require anything else as a medium as a support to illumine now this is one concept which we have to get very deeply understood because after understanding or listening to initial vedantic logic we fall to one particular trap it is inevitable each one of us will go through that trap because we are very intensely trying to grasp catch this consciousness through our intellect through the understanding of our intellect right if the intellect cannot grasp then it is out of bounds for my cognition what is this bunch of keys now tell me what do i have in my hand whatever i have your intellect cannot grasp it can only guess right and that is going to become the biggest impediment this consciousness cannot become a concept of the intellect whatever becomes as a concept it remains as a data point and not consciousness it remaining as a data point 
is also illumined by that consciousness only. And supposing you did not understand that data point, absence of the clarity of that data point is also illumined by that consciousness. But that intellect in itself cannot grasp. And we do lot of kushti. Kushti ko English mein kya bolte? Wrestling. Haan. We do lot of intellectual wrestling. Trying to grasp what this consciousness is. If I don't understand it, if I don't grasp it, how will I know? This is the stumbling block that all of us will come across. It is that intellect has to now be transcended. All the clarity that we are seeking is so that that intellect can shut up and be quiet. No amount of trying to grasp. We can grasp this. Because it does not require a medium to illumine. Its nature is to illumine. You getting it? All the ideas, concepts and uh, theories that we grasp is illumined by it, but it cannot become the object of perception of the intellect in itself. You know, there are those cute dogs, small ones, lot of hair. Um, I know the name starts with P. Pomeranian. Thank you. It's as if you read my mind. Pomeranian dogs. Cutest and dumbest. Poor thing, they don't have any other equipment to scratch their tail. If it itches, they don't have. In somebody's house that I was, in the kitchen as soon as you enter, there was this long stick with a hand like this. So I asked, Amma, what is this uh, peculiar uh, contraction? What, what is this? So she took that and says, I cannot reach that inaccessible part of my back. This is for scratching that. Poor dog does not have even that. And when something is itching and you can't reach, you know how frustrating it is, right? And these mosquitoes have the tendency to bite you only that place where it has decided your range of hand doesn't reach. Intelligent beings. In that little, little thing, there is a brain which can access this. And then it is biting somewhere, you can't reach, it is itching, you can't scratch. Now imagine what will happen to that poor dog. The tail is irritatingly itching. So what does it do? It tries to turn around to catch its tail with its mouth. It's almost there. 
as it jumps what happens wherever it turns it becomes the front and the back goes back you should give it to that pomeranian breed that they are very very hard working they don't give up that easily so you will see them start spinning why in an effort to catch that tail and after a while it seems like i have observed it very closely suddenly their eyes flash with wisdom arre ab samjha that is what must be happening in their heads i am doing it all wrong that this way i am going it is going that way what if i turn around and catch it this way i'll catch it and it turns around and slide and jumps over what happens again the same pattern in an counter clockwise direction starts nice entertainment to watch this is exactly what happens with our buddhi with our buddhi we are trying to conceptualize and grasp this consciousness you try catching it and it becomes and then you turn around one thing that we have to understand that that consciousness swayam vibhati it does not require an equipment and the medium of that equipment to glow it glows on by itself so what is meditation to observe that glow from the intellect because the intellect is sharp enough to see the glow but cannot grasp it as a concept so to observe that glow to observe that illumination and in that observation what should remain only the illumination even the observer should completely merge when i say completely merge not into sleep you're awake you're alert you're vigilant and yet you're not trying to smear that consciousness as though with conceptualization that itch to conceptualize should stop there then what is the understanding that that consciousness always is there has always been there will always be there the movement of the intellect has a starting time and an end time consciousness is the first after whom the time as a concept began it is after being illumined by the intellect the intellect movement happens in time 
but that consciousness cannot be mapped in time. Are you getting it? See, from this shloka onwards, every word that is given is a bouncer, is a googly, is a curveball. All of them put together. You getting the concept? After saying all this about don't conceptualize, I ask you if you are getting the concept. Because we have to be clear about the concept of not non-conceptualization. Am I using too many words? Don't conceptualize. Just be the witness. Then we see that it has never non-existed. It has always been there. There is never a time wherein it will cease to exist. It will always be there. And when people use words like expand your consciousness. Ganta expand. That is not something that can be expanded. You can expand your understanding. Your understanding can reduce. Your wealth can expand, your wealth can reduce. Your body can expand. Your body can reduce. Consciousness, there is no movement. There is only being. Usually I don't entertain questions, but pucho. No, no, no. Why is the intellect doing the observation? It is because it is our final frontier. Rest of them are so gr gross that it cannot even understand. Of all these, like in the Kenopanishad, the story was given that there was uh, Vayu, then there was Jataveda, Agni. None of them could even grasp. The only one who can grasp is Indra, Buddhi. The rest of them cannot even come closer to it. It is the subtlety of that intellect because of which you can see the reflection and understand that that reflection is borrowed from the consciousness. That doesn't happen in any other instrument prior. The intellect can grasp anything, understand anything because of that consciousness reflecting in it, in the intellect. It reflects in all other equipments, but they are not that subtle to understand. It can only happen in that intellect. Therefore, intellect is the best tool to observe. Make sense?
I think the next shloka talks verily about that concept. Ha, buddha vanam dhistu dhidastita. It's exactly the same question that you asked. There's just one shloka ahead. But it means good. You are on the right direction. You are not that far away. I should feel good. That your intellect was guided to ask that question. Shavash. Na udeti na astam yeti yesha na vridhim yati na kshayam yati. Now this consciousness is genderless. There is no attribute to it. The adjective that is used to express may have a gender. So Guruji explains it beautifully. He says, it can be used as Sakshi, masculine noun. As Chitihi, a feminine. Chaitanya, neuter. But it is just the words to explain which have that limitation. Consciousness as such does not have any of these abnormalities. You cannot call that consciousness as he, she or it. Because we know three genders, right? It, it is none of those. That is first. Second, it is unborn and it is immortal. Everything is born and dies in the presence of, by the substantial support, because it is a substratum, by the substantial support of that consciousness. But the consciousness as such never dies because it was never born. So when people come to me asking, you know, Swamiji, my child is becoming spiritual. Chinmaya mission is changing them. They don't even say Chinmaya. And they didn't say Chinmaya mission. They say Chinmaya is changing them. I am a little skeptical when people come with that kind of an expression. I don't say yes, I don't say no, I don't say good. I am like on the edge. Batao kya hai? My child was asking this question. You, you always say, God created everything. Who created God? If we say, someone created God, someone created this consciousness, what will be our next logical question? Who created that? And this can extend itself to infinity. It's a loop. There's no one who has created it because it is 
the substratum from which everything else came into being. So then what is the word used there? It is eternal. That which is beginningless, that which is endless. It is eternal. All this prakriti, we cannot ascertain when was it first created. So that way it is also beginningless. What is the difference between prakriti and that Chaitanya? Chaitanya is beginningless, Chaitanya is endless. Whereas prakriti is beginningless. But then it is antavanta. It has a certain end. The moment you realize, and that is a great difference uh, philosophically, logically speaking, between Advaita Vedanta and Sankhya. In Sankhya they say Prakriti is also eternal. Purusha is also eternal. But this eternal and that eternal are two different. Two eternals continuous. Advaita Vedanta is the only one which brings that clarity that only Chaitanya is eternal and endless whereas Prakriti is beginningless but with an end. It does not have any kind of Kshaya. What is the lungs disease called? Tuberculosis. TB. You know in Sanskrit, in Sanskrit what is it called? The tuberculosis. It is called Kshaya Vyadhi. Kshaya meaning the lungs are being eaten up. It is reducing. Kshaya. Kshina. What are the things that can kill anything, destroy anything? It's a very beautiful analysis. This comes in Bhagavad Gita also, the second chapter. Nayam hanti na hanyate. Immediately after that, Bhagavan uses this logic. He says, He says that anything that can be destroyed are by excess of element or less of element, the five elements. Right? The quantity of earth, either it is excess, it can kill, in blunt words, and as a weapon, it can kill someone, it is from earth. If you don't have a weapon, a stone, it will kill, it will destroy. Like when we cook, how does a black pepper get destroyed? You put it in that mortar and pestle and then, if you don't have that kind of a patience, then you have that, grrr, what do you call it? 
no, the smaller one, ha, food processor. You throw it in there and it pulverizes it. You get a fine powder. How do you make it into fine powder? An element of earth which is harder than it is used to chop it down. Earth. And the best part is, the first four elements, earth, water, fire and air, cannot destroy space. These first four elements cannot destroy space. I will hit the space with stones. Try. Samurai sword that I can bend the space. Yeah, you can make that concept in Avatar the airbender that he can bend the space. Space bender. But literally, with earth you cannot even touch that space. Can you desanctify space by throwing filth at it? There is a saying in Hindi, Jo chand pe thukta ho, somebody who spits on moon, what happens to them? The spit falls back into your own face. जो चांद पे तूकता हो उसके खुद के मुंह पे गिरता है। So you want to throw filth into space, saying I'll I'll corrupt you, I'll make you filthy. Can the space be touched by it? It'll fall back on you only. I will wet the space. You cannot wet the space. I'll dry out the space. You cannot dry it out either. I'll burn the space. You can't. In space you can light fire. But space as such cannot be destroyed by fire either. I can suck the air out of a room. But I cannot suck the space out of it. permutations and combinations of these four, you can create WMD, weapons of mass destruction. And we as humanity have developed since ages different kinds of tools. Some of them we are not even having access to it now. What is the most powerful weapon? that humanity has ever created, a Brahmastra. Even with that Brahmastra, you can only manipulate or touch these four elements. Space cannot be destroyed. Space cannot be contaminated. When the destruction of these or by these four elements cannot destroy even space, that which is beyond space, that which gives validity to space, that which is conscious of space, that which cognizes space, that consciousness which is subtler than the space, 
can anything be added to it can anything be destroyed can anything be used to destroy it I mean, if consciousness had voice pehle aakash ko kuch karke dikha before you come to me to destroy me first try doing anything with this space and when you cannot even touch that space how can we think about anything destroying or anything added into consciousness navruddhim yati nakshayam yati स्वयं भाती इट इज सेल्फ इल्यूमिनिंग समटाइम्स एस्पेशली वेन यू आर बैक होम यस फैमिली वेरी लविंग फैमिली बट आफ्टर द इनिशियल हग एंड प्लेजेंटर इज डन वेन द रोटीन बिगिन्स especially in the early mornings where everybody is busy you want to get to school you want to pack your things you want to have your breakfast have your lunch packed and you are searching frantically for your keys your car keys you knew you had it you knew you kept it somewhere and you have been searching and searching and searching and then you give a wireless call to the super manager of the house who is the super manager of the of any house mommy mom where are my keys if i were in that mom's role i would have immediately said mereko de rakha tha kya dhund but the moms are amazing yesterday you kept it on the center table nobody removed it from there it should be right there i am right here i don't see it and then suddenly that busy annapurna devi takes avatara right in front of you in the living room in the bk roopa bhadrakali roopa Can't you see it? It's right there. You are like, ah, no. I saw, but I couldn't see it. What happened? Your buddhi did not illumine the presence of it. And as long as your buddhi does not illumine it. through that buddhi that consciousness does, does not illuminate it does not have a validity of existence it may be right there how many of you have searched for your own glasses i am yet to do that i'll be there soon one amma in devi group gave a very beautiful example she said she was rush, running late to pick up her kids and uh, she was frantically searching for her cell phone and finally she sent a message to her husband 
not able to find the, uh, my phone. And the husband said, ha, ha, ha. Why did he send ha, ha, ha? You are using that very thing to send me a message. And you are searching for it. It happens. And sometimes we become so forgetful, consumed by so many other things. It is right there. Why am I not able to perceive it? Because the consciousness has not illumined it. Anyani bhati esha. It illumines everything. Every vastu, every material, every vyakti, every environment. Whenever we recognize, what do we recognize as? This ease. This is a watch. This is a mic. This is a lectern. What is that ease denoting there? That it has been blessed, illumined by that consciousness. Are you getting it? Without that illumination, no cognition can ever happen. I take it to the subtler inner world. You understood a concept. How do you know that you understood it? Whenever you understand something, you also know that you understood it. How do you know? The best part is the next one. You did not understand a concept. But you know that you do not understand that concept. Understanding a concept and not understanding a concept, both of them are illumined because of which I know I understood, I know I did not understand. Can you all see my hand? Because it is illumined because of this illumining body, light. What is on my hand right now? Nothing. What is on my hand now? Watch. The presence of something is illumined. The absence is also illumined. That illumination which illumines the intellect so that I come to know that I understood something, so that I come to know that I did not understand something. Don't get trapped in understanding or the lack of understanding. The focus should turn towards that which is illumining it. That's why the scriptures sometimes uses a language of um, polarity. Like for example, that which is farther than the farthest, but yet that which is closer than the closest. 
How can some be, something be farther than the farthest and closer than the closest? So I asked the same kind of a logic in one of the Balavihar adult session uh, satsang. So an elderly gentleman sitting there was laughing to himself. I said, Kya hua bhaiya? He said, Swamiji, you will never know. I said, what? Shadi karke dekho, pata chalega. Once you get married, you will understand. That it is possible, somebody is closer than the closest. And yet, farther than the farthest. So when it uses this kind of a language, it trips that intellect. What? So what is the, the Upanishads trying to do there? It is trying to grab the attention of the intellect saying, it is not what you have understood or what you have not understood. It is that which is illumining where your attention has to refocus. Swayam Bhati Anyani, even the rest of it, it is illumining. And to illumine this intellect, it does not require another instrument to illumine. Because its very nature is of illumination. That is the nature by definition, that is the uh, definition of our true nature consciousness. Did you get it? That which is allowing you to say yes you got is consciousness. I actually thought of taking two, three shlokas. But the spark of clarity is yet to be seen. Therefore, I am not rushing to the next shloka. Did you get this much? I think we'll stop here. Yes, all your eyes are showing intense overload of processing. I, I have a little smile there. Let me let me replicate. You know what it reminds me of? That uh, is it Ice Age. Where's that sloth in the DMV? Zootopia. Oh. Zootopia, huh? Thank you. That sloth. That this fellow says a joke. That fellow is like, I got it. And the best part is he turns to his friend, another uh, sloth. Let me tell you. A joke. Your eyes are like that right now. Laden with the burden of concept of consciousness. You are almost unconscious. I will stop it here. I will let you process it. If you have any questions, we will discuss it as we continue the day. Okay.
ಓಂ ಶಾಂತ ಶಾಂತ ಶಾಂತಿ ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ